Hello there, welcome to episode 83 of Nevermind the Bullens, it's your bite-sized Everton podcast and vodcast. I'm Mike Peters and Ted the Emotional Support Cat is here. He must have known that I would need his help today uh, after watching that. Um, an awful lot to unpack, um, it's been another bonkers week in the world of Everton, when isn't it? Um, you know, finally we get some word from uh, Farhad Mashiri, um, it's done absolutely nothing to assage any of the, the, the rancour and the frustration and the anger um, that has been floating around the club now, for obviously for, for, for several uh, months, years, whatever you want to call it, decades, I suppose. Um, and you know, the names that have been banded about in terms of... Um, in terms of potential replacement for Rafa Benitez, are just an absolute list of face palms, really, because when you're suddenly going to go back potentially to Roberto Martinez, and I said this in the last episode when that wasn't a serious consideration, it was just he's been linked because he's Roberto Martinez, his next seventh manager, blah, blah, blah. Here's a name, therefore we must link it. Little did I think that over the course of the following 48 hours after I put um, episode 82 out uh, last Sunday that actually he would be a serious consideration and we'd be actively trying to get him. If that's not, doesn't encapsulate the complete the completely farcical nature of the way that Everton is run right now, then nothing else will. If you want a, a, a window, if you're not an Everton fan that listens to this podcast, and I know there are a few, then if that's not a window into where the club's at, the completely, never mind muddled thinking, you know, thoughtless, it's, it's devoid of thought, it's devoid of strategy, then, you, you know, welcome. Welcome to our world. Um, you know, again, names that have been banded about, he's looking at Hollywood names Mashiri, I just you know Fabio Cannavaro. Whether he's a serious consideration or not, the fact that he's even been linked with the job when it has no managerial experience. Obviously, wonderful player, no doubt about that. One of the best defenders of of modern times, but simply not equipped to deal with not only. Everton Football Club, I'm not saying potentially he wouldn't be a Premier League manager in future, who knows, but he's not tested uh, even uh, any league um, that we would consider comparable. Um, you know, he's been managing the Middle East and China. It's just an absolute nonsense. So, Wayne Rooney, again, I think he's done a terrific job and under ludicrous circumstances at Derby. I'm sure he'll be an Everton manager in the future of that, there'll be no doubt. Um, but it's just not a serious name to be thrown into that right now, I don't think, which means you'll obviously get the job. Um, I was all for Duncan uh, taking over on an interim basis, but I think this is too much for him. Um, and having seen that today, if that's an audition, his audition for the job, um, and his comments in the press conference on Friday were interesting that he said he, you know, he just didn't, whether he'd been told to say this or whether it's genuinely what he believes, that he's just not in consideration, he needs to go and get experience, You know, he hasn't got the experience required for this. Was was unusual for me. Um, the only interesting th- takeaways from that press conference was the fact that he turned around and said, "Well, if they didn't know, you know, words to the effect of if they don't know what it's like to, um, you know, play for Everton and what it what it means they do now." Um, I mean, because Duncan never tends to give anything away in his press conference. Um, his press conference after the game was was interesting as well. Uh, the comments about, well, if fans want to protest, then they will. And there were protests. I'd left by that stage. I had to head off and do a gig in Manchester. So um, I, I'd missed all that excitement and only picked it up on, on Twitter later on. I did see the plane. I couldn't see what the plane was writing. Uh, I'd, written, I'd written under the plane. Now I have. Um, but... You know, again, using Bill Kenwright as a lightning rod uh, for this, I- I'm not quite sure 
what why that is. Um, I think there's a lot of things, you know, that have that are being said and not being said. And and obviously, if you've seen the footage that's done the rounds on social media about Bill Kenwright coming out to talk to the fans uh, on Goodison Road outside the main stand after the game, um, there was a chance there to engage in a meaningful dialogue, and it was slightly squandered by the fans. But also, his comments about when well, the lady says to him, uh, or shouts at him, really, for being completely accurate. Um, you know, it's been 27 years. Well, it hasn't been 27 years. Yes, it has, mate. We've had some good times. Have we? We've had some good days. So there's a bit of equivocation needed there. We've had some good days. I mean, you know, getting to the Champions League in 2005. What happened then? We lost to Villarreal and got knocked out before the group stages. And then we capitulated in the uh, in the group stage of the uh, Europa League that particular year. Um, we got to the cup final in 2009. We lost. You know, picking those two. We got to the semi-final in 2012 against Liverpool. We lost again. So there's been good days, which have then gone south, you know, but that's Everton all over. You know, there have been great opportunities that have then to get got ourselves into a position and then we've missed them. We've missed the, the opportunity to capitalise on those opportunities. So to say we've had good times since we last won a trophy 27 years ago is, you know, gilding the lily more than somewhat. Um, I mean, I know Bill's a great man with words, but that he's got his words muddled there, got him wrong, and that's not going to do anything to sort of calm um, frayed nerves and upset uh, that there already is. Uh, but if you're going to, you know, opportunity to get him out there, then ask him some meaningful questions. Just hollering at him was not going to do any good. Uh, equally, going into the ground. Um, you know, throwing bottles at Aston Villa players is absolutely unacceptable. Throwing bottles at any players. I mean, what? That does absolutely nobody any favours at all. Idiots. Absolute morons if you were any of the people responsible for, for, for that type of nonsense. Um, but we are where we are. Um, and the situation is we're in a mess. Uh, the game itself, I was a bit surprised by the team selection. If the rhetoric has been this week that... Um, you know, it's all about sort of playing for the shirt and understanding what it means to be an Evertonian. To me, to leave Seamus Coleman out of the team was a very peculiar decision because John Joe Kenny, I've mentioned it the last couple of episodes, he is not good enough and he proved it again today. Um, Michalenko not even in the 18 uh, or match day squad, however many it is these days, it could be 450, but there's that many substitutes nowadays. But uh, not even in the squad, odd one. Um Obviously, no Nathan Patterson. I don't think he's fit. But then, equally, Dominic Calvert-Lewin didn't look fit. He looked way off the pace. He was. He didn't win a header all day. Is he just uh, the chance he had, which is the only chance he really created in the game? Uh, a clear cut, guilt edge chance, um, with the exception of Yerry Mina's header, which is, was a mess as well. Um, he, he missed, and I got Dominic Calvert-Lewin in full, you know, in fine fettle in full flight would score that without you wouldn't even think about it lovely ball in from Anthony Gordon he was been disappointed not to start um but the 4-4-2 setup playing Andre Gomez and Abdelaide Decore and Abdelaide Decore had clearly been given a brief of be Peter Reid for the day and just run around and just tackle get in there box to box it and then Andre Gomez could get the ball and he sprayed some nice passes around but again yet again and we've proved it time and again this season that playing two in the middle is just not working. It, it, we get overrun. Um, so, 
that didn't work, but that's what Duncan does. He plays 4-4-2. Now, playing two wingers, again, Damari Gray and Andros Townsend, I thought did did quite well. Um, Mason Holgate is just, is just a lad going into regression, um, as far as I can see. Um, there's no confidence. He's got no confidence in himself whatsoever. And there was an incident in the first half where the ball comes towards him. Most of the Everton players are in the Aston Villa half, and he has an opportunity to chest the ball down and, and play a considered measured pass back towards uh, into the Villa half. He doesn't. He just belted it back into the Villa half. Now, he may have been told to just get it, in, get it into the mixer and we'll try and create something. Uh, that may have been the tactic, because it seemed to be from the way that we approached the game. But it, I was like, that's just a complete lack of thought. So there's just no thought. that It was all kick and rush. There's no tactics. Well, there was no quality. There's no doubt in the effort today. Absolutely 100% effort given. They ran in, they made tackles, ran, you know, really committed. That's great. But the problem is, it was a complete paucity um, of any quality or any finesse to any of the play at all through the 90 minutes. And other than the one chance that was created by, by Anthony Gordon and Dominic Calvert-Lewin spurned it and obviously the ball back in uh, for Yeri Mina's header. I forget now who played that ball in. But anyway, but again, they just crosses from outside. There was no, at no time did we get a foot on the ball and try and play some passes and try and build any sort of sustained period of possession. Um, And ultimately, that's that's cost us today. Um, I don't think Villa really did enough to to win the game. I thought they probably passed the ball better, but then they're you know they're in a slightly better frame of mind than we are. Um, they took the chance. It was a cracking under from Buendia, which is one of those ones that nine out of ten times or eight out of ten times misses. But on this occasion, it flew past Jordan Pickford, who had to make an absolutely astounding save uh, in the first half, which obviously didn't account for anything because it was offside, the uh, particular incident. But it was an absolute incredible point-blank save that he made. But uh, that was requires mention. Hopefully, that will get on there. On, on match of the day because um, I'm recording this actually before match of the day has even been on so I, I'm not going to sit through and watch the highlights again because what's the point you know we've seen it too many times now um, felt slightly slightly for, uh, sorry for Anders Townsend coming off so I thought he'd done quite well um, but you know Alan came on and did well I thought Craig Pawson's refereeing well there's nominative determinism there at its finest with him uh, I mean he is constantly Pawson he poor. He's a lousy referee. I've never really seen him have a good game. He always looks like he's absolutely petrified of anything going wrong and him losing control of the game. And he was in danger of doing that because it was a scrappy blood and thunder kind of Premier League match. What a great one for the neutral. Um, I thought a draw would have been fair. A goalless draw. They won it. Um, you know, disappointing that obviously the the, the and peculiar as well as a sidebar the, the reception that Luca Dean got that baffled me and I said it to my mates around me in the lower Gladys I was surprised that um he he was he was booed I, I was one of the ones that tried to give him a, bit, a little bit of applause because I thought on the whole he's done well for us but obviously there are people that are not happy with his efforts in the last month or so of his his time at Goodison Park I've said it on this podcast before he has been poor this season it represents good business uh, I was just very surprised at the negativity of the reception he's got that's generally reserved for um, <laughs> players that have committed far more heinous acts in departing Goodison than, than he had um, but you know people are entitled to their opinions Um the, the atmosphere was marginally better today, but again, you know, tinged with frustration because of the way that we, we, we played the game. Um, and it's it's disappointing. Um, 
Now, where we are in terms of, you know, we're going into a, a, a break, which I, I'm absolutely baffled by the fact that when there's 20 games that need to be played in the Premier League, you know, there's been that number of fixtures. We've got three games that we need to play. How that can justify having a week off next week um, when there's so many games been postponed, I, I just find absolutely remarkable, quite honestly. Um, which means that I think well, our next league game is not till the the 8th of February uh, away at Newcastle. That's now at absolutely six points after they won at Leeds, particularly. Um, it does give us two weeks, you know, a bit of breathing space. Obviously, the FA Cup game on the 5th of February against uh, Brentford, but it gives us time to, A, watch the Sky Sports, you know, transfer ticker and Fabrizio Romano's Twitter feed. Um, my favourite tweet of the week, I have to say, was the one suggesting that Jose Mourinho has ruled himself out of becoming the Everton manager. Where's that one come from? We didn't even want him. Who said we actually want him? Anyway, but he's ruled himself out. Right, fine, brilliant. Okay. Um, that, that was an absolute corker. Um, so watching that and trying to get some stability, and that is the watchword at the moment, get that stability in over the course of the next couple of weeks because it's not as if players are away um, on international duty. We just, you know, they probably do need a, a bit of a, a mental rest, I think ours do, because they've been absolutely battered now for the last few months and it maybe it'll time to give everybody time to sort of decompress and for some of the heat to be taken out of the the situation um a little bit and hopefully we can come again uh in the Brentford game with a bit more of a positive attitude this strategic review well it won't be finished in two weeks but at least hopefully we'll have a clearer plan as to what what the plan is an idea of what the plan is but uh this is Everton so you know every day is um an adventure at the moment isn't it to be fair um so, a very depressing state in which to leave things going um, into the this this little two-week uh, break. Uh, we thought we'd get a bounce today. We didn't, um, but there's another, you know, 18 games to go. Um, and obviously, points we have to pick up ASAP because if we don't, then we're, we are really, really in trouble. Um, you know, our points total at this stage of the season is only... Um, the only season that was worse was 1997-98 and we all know how that ended so on that note uh, always good to hear from you if you want to get in touch over the next uh, couple of weeks at nmtvpod on twitter nmtvpod at gmail.com or you can leave me a little voice note uh, via the description in the podcast until next time come on you blues (laughs) 